out. You can stay. You pay rent, you pay mortgage, or you boarding, whatever, you freeloading, whatever you're doing, but you can stay, but the devil's got to go. The devil's got to go. The devil has been trying to take over our homes and our lives. So when we read this, we talk about the house. You can apply to any part of your life, okay? Whatever it is, we're going to get the devil out. Amen? Father, thank you for the word we're about to receive. I pray each person today is already preparing their hearts to receive the fullness of this word. I thank you that, God, every ear is open, every heart is open, that we have, Lord, Lord, the hearing of faith today that we can by faith receive. We receive this word not as a word of men, but as it is in truth, your word, which works effectively in all those who believe. Today we declare we believe. So have your way. We pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen and amen. All right, day 77. Y'all keeping up with this? Day 77 of our 90-day prophetic window. And uh, that means we have 13 days left. Hallelujah. 13. 13 is the biblical number of rebellion. Well, what, there has been rebellion from the enemy, but I want us in these 13 days to, for us to rebel against the devil. The Bible talked about one, one time in the children of Israel in the 13th year, they rebelled against their masters. So you and I can rebel against those, the enemy, who's been trying to dominate our lives. So let's make these thir last 13 days, uh, let's, let's be rebels. Are y'all with me here? Everything the devil been doing, we're going we to rebel against him and not allow him to keep running all over our lives the way he's been trying to do. Amen? The Bible says in James chapter, I believe it's chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, it says uh, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Huh? He will flee. You don't have to run. Hallelujah. The wicked run. When no one's chasing them. It's Proverbs 28, verse 1. But the righteous are as bold as lions. Right? So the, so the devil has to flee. We don't have to flee. We need to stand pat. Having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So we're, we're called by, the, by the, the word of God, by the Lord, for us to stand. That word stand is a military term, Brother Glenn, which literally means to take a military stance. To rise up. In history, we heard of something called Custer's Last Stand. So we, we are to take a stand against the enemy. And the Bible says in James 4, 7, that if we submit ourselves to God, if we resist the devil, he will flee. So we have to make sure, number one, we are submitted to God. Whatever he says, we do it. Two, we resist the devil. Don't entertain him. Don't play patty cake with the devil. Don't be playing hopscotch with the devil. Hula hooping with the devil. What y'all, you know what I'm saying? We playing checkers with the devil. Y'all, you understand what I'm saying? Maybe you don't. What I'm saying is, is we, sometimes we, we see him, but we act like we don't see him. No, don't close your eye. Resist him. 
And the Bible says he will flee. Glory to God. How many of y'all been dealing with the devil? Anybody? Come on, put your hand up real high. I want to make sure I can see it. All right, so I'm in the right house. When I was out there working on Friday, I was, I was Friday afternoon, uh, evening, whatever it was, and I was working in the yard, and uh, boy, I had a, no, no, this, this wasn't Friday in the yard. This was Friday morning in prayer, my prayer time, Friday, Friday morning. And man, I had a good time. I got nothing to do with God. But Friday morning, I got this holy laughter that took over me. Y'all obviously are oblivious. That never, never happened to you. Just this holy laughter. Has that ever happened to anybody here? Because the, the Lord told me, you need to laugh at the devil. And what he flashed in my spirit was a picture. You know, the Bible says in Galatians how uh, God, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, spoiled principalities. Y'all know that? He spoiled principalities. He made an open show. Uh, he, the Bible says he triumphed over him openly. If you read in modern translations, it'll read something like he, he, he put on a parade. And so in my spirit, Angie, I, what I saw, I saw Jesus dragging the devil down the street, showing off his, is anybody see what I'm saying? And I saw that and I began to laugh uncontrollably because I saw he's already a defeated devil. And no matter what he's doing, he's already whipped. He's already spoiled. He's already defeated. He's already disarmed. He has no power against me. My Savior, my Lord, my Messiah whooped his tail. He's been whooped. And all I can see in my spirit, Kirk, was Jesus just dragging? You ever, you ever, you ever seen some of these uh, YouTube fights? Some of these Facebook fights, y'all. Some of y'all ain't never seen. Some of y'all grown folk need to peek into Facebook every once in a while. I don't have it, but I, I, I heard, and I, I go and I look. Ooh, these some of these fights, especially the girls. It ain't the guys so much. The guys they gonna throw blows and they gonna keep going, but these girls they 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 get kind of crazy when they fight. You know, I remember when I was a kid, the girls just used all fight like this. They do that windmill thing and. But now they ain't those girls throwing hands, bam! I'm like, what? I mean, these girls serving up two pieces on food. I'm like, what is this? But these girls, they go crazy. They knock down drag. Knock down, and they dragging people. Body hair. You can't have, who told you can't have all that hair and then get in a fight? Then you're going to get drugged by that hair. That's when you want to cut like a niece. So you want that thing low like that if you're going to fight. You can't grab on nothing. But... And they drag them. I'm sure some of y'all who work in these, these schools, public schools, you've probably seen some of these. I mean, some, some areas you go through the hood and, and you, we, we call it tumbleweave. Weed, tumbleweave all rolling down the streets. Where all that weave come from is just people. But all I can envision was, say, was Satan being drugged by Jesus. Saying, hey, I give you the victory. 
And I saw myself victorious, Laquanda, over everything. And man, I just began to laugh. Has anybody been battling the devil? I dare you to take just a good 30, about a good 30 seconds. Y'all ain't ready. I'm talking about if you want to really, really, really get your joy. I dare you to take 30 seconds and just imagine, just see. See the devil getting drugged. See the devil getting drugged. See the devil getting yoked. See the devil getting whooped. See the devil getting beat down. See the devil getting... Hey! Son of a gun, you ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. You got what? You can't have my joy. You can't have my peace. You can't have my sleep. You can't have my faith. You can't have my family. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my children. You can't have my home. You can't have my money. You can't have my career. You can't have my dream. You can't have my vision. Sit down. Sit down. You might have to get out tomorrow morning before you before you before you leave your house. Just <laughs> because all night long he's gonna be trying to talk to you. But when you wake up, see when he's talking to you, he in your you you sub you're in your semi-conscious state. But when you wake up, okay, no, I'm conscious now. What? What you, what you say? Boy, and I got so filled with joy. Boy. Hallelujah. I, I did two yards of yard work Friday. Boy, I was like, God, bum. Whoo! Glory to God. They came out here yesterday at work, man. And, I'm still running on that jaw right there, man. It's just the devil. Sorry, bag of chips. See, Satan is bringing an all-out attack against anybody under this prophetic prosperity mantle. So it's no wonder. The, He's just attacking you like, God, what in the world? Because he knows what this mantle will produce in your life. We have testimonies of all the, of all the uh, manifestations that God has already wrought in the lives of his people. So he's trying to counter 
Because what he wants, yes, Lord, what he wants are counter testimonies. Well, well, he wants somebody to testify about how they lost. But I declare, we ain't going to testify about how we lose. We're not going to give the devil any prime time. No, 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 no. No, it ain't over till it's over. And it ain't over till I win. Now thanks be unto God, which always gives us a victory. Thanks be unto God, who always causes us a triumph. Just slap your neighbor out right on their leg and tell them it ain't over. It ain't over. Till you win. So the devil's trying to infiltrate our lives. John 10.10, we know this, when the thief comes, not or except to steal, kill, I should say except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Felt impressed to say that. And to, and to kill. And to destroy. I have come. All right. Thank you, Lord. How many of y'all know this scripture here? Notice here that Jesus said, the thief comes. But he said, but I'm coming. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, you ought to high-five somebody behind you in front of you and say, he's coming, he's coming. He's coming. <laughs> yeah, I know, I, know, I, know, I know the thief showed up. I know, I know the enemy's showing up. I know he's even showing out, but don't worry. Because Jesus is coming. And he will help us. He said, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. More abundantly. So the thief is going to steal and to kill and to destroy, but Jesus the Savior comes to save or to reverse or to undo. Now I'm just reviewing from Wednesday night. So let's look at 1 John 3 verse 8. 1 John 3 verse 8. Look at that again. That's our, our key scripture here. I'm not going to teach much on this. This is just our launching pad. I want you to see overall why Jesus came, one. Two, everybody say two. two. Why we need Jesus. We know he came. Yes. But we need, to know, we need to know why we need him. There are plenty of people in this, on this planet who believe he came. But they've forgotten that they need him. That's what that whole drifting thing is about. See, and I know, I know all too well how much I need him to ever forsake him. <laughs> if I don't have you, what, what do I have? I, I not, if I don't have you, I'm in trouble. So I need you. So for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, revealed, appeared, that he might destroy the works, works of the devil. I taught you Wednesday night that word works is the Greek word ergon, E-R-G-O-N, E-R-G-O-N, which means business and whatever it produces. So he came to destroy the devil's business and what the devil's business had produced. So we already know what the devil's business is. John 10.10. 10. What is it? Still and? 
and that's his business. What does he, he produce? Loss, death, and destruction. That's what we see earthwide. That's what we see in our community locally. That's what, if we're not careful, watchful, we'll see in our own families or in our own lives. Loss, destruction, loss, uh, 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 death, and destruction. Right? But Jesus came to undo all that. Give me the same verse in the Passion Translation, please. Same verse, 1 John 3, 8, in the Passion Translation, Passion Translation says, But the one who indulges in a sinful life is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. All right? The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. Undo and destroy the works of the devil. Glory to God. I, I just, the pictures came to me uh, just now uh, about uh, my daughters. Uh, we have three daughters. And uh, every once in a while, the daughters, uh, our daughters, they will go, uh, I, I'm not sure why. They know I don't like it. Uh, um, not that it's wrong, it's just I don't like it. Uh, they go and get, you know, something hitched up in their hair. Y'all know what I mean? Hitched up. They get braids and all that stuff. I, I don't like that. Now, you, you can wear it. I'm not telling anybody you can't wear it. It's, it's, I don't like it. It's, it's just not, it's, I, don't, I don't prefer that style. This is not right. I'm not mad that you can wear whatever you want to. You ain't married to me. And I'm not dateable. I'm not available. So don't even be thinking about it. Right? So, I don't like it, and and uh, but they do it, and I'm okay. You know they can do it. It's there. You know I'm not. It's not a big deal. But then after a while, when you get tired of it, you have to get somebody to help you undo it. Some of y'all witnesses out there. Is, Some of the wives had their husbands in there. Baby, can't, I need you to undo this. Un Some of y'all men tell the truth. I, well, Pastor, I had, to, I had to undo a few, few hitches, yeah. Sit in front of them floor. You're on the floor and watch TV, baby. I'm now, when they undo, they are trying to trying to unravel, unravel, detangle, untie what's been done. Glory to God. Something's all tangled up. Jesus has to come in and undo, untangle, unravel the works of the devil. His works are to still kill and destroy. He's brought, he brought sin. He brought the curse. He brought sickness, death, disease, and death. He brought lack and poverty. So Jesus has to go in and undo all that stuff. But the Bible says he was, he was manifested to do it. And he can do it. I got to, let me move on because I, I, I'll stay there too long. All right, let's go to Mark. Let's go to Mark. Let's go to Mark. Everybody okay? How much time y'all giving me? Listen, I was in a three-hour rap concert last night, all rapping. 
Praise the Lord. My body's still vibrating from the bass. Praise God. But I enjoyed it. Mark chapter 1, I want to show you that from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, this just review, that he dealt with undoing the works of the devil. Verse 25, I'm not going to read it, just making you aware. They can put it on the screen for us. In verse 25 of Mark 1, he delivered a man in the synagogue from an unclean spirit. Y'all remember that? Verse 31, he delivered Peter's mother-in-law from a spirit of infirmity that had incapacitated, incapacitated her with a fever, with a high fever. Then, if you look at verse 32, I want you to see this. Verse 32 through 34 says, At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were what? Say it again. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. So he's dealing with demons. He wouldn't allow them to speak. Because they knew him. He didn't want people to have demonic revelation. You got it? All right. I, I can deal with that another time. That's why he wouldn't let them speak. Then you look down at verse 39. The Bible says he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all, all Galilee and casting out demons. Everybody say demons. demons. We're dealing with devils in the house. Y'all praying, right? All right. So then in Mark 2, the next chapter. We see where he healed a paralyzed man. Right? Now you're wondering, well, how is that uh, dealing with demons? Because the Bible says, you look at verse, um, let's see, one. No, verse two. Immediately many gathered. No, that's not what. Verse three. Verse three. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic, simply means he's paralyzed, who was carried by four men. Verse four, when, he, when they could not come in, come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Got it? So what's the man's issue? He's paralyzed. Verse five, when Jesus saw their what? Faith, he said to the paralytic, rise, take up your bed and walk. What did he say to him? Son, your sins are forgiven. Whoa. What we see here is this man's sin had opened a door to demonic infiltration. Y'all better hear me. So Jesus, to deal with his paralysis, dealt with his sin. Straight to the root. All everybody else can see is a man is paralyzed. He can't move. He can't walk. He can't function on his own. He's probably a beggar. He needs everybody to carry him wherever he's going, everybody to do everything for him. He can't function. And all they know is he's, he's paralyzed, and there's no medical uh, uh, attention that we can give him to resolve his issue. But Jesus says this is not medical. 
He says it's manifesting in the medical area. But the issue is spiritual. Y'all better listen to me. So he says, son, your sins are forgiven you. What am I saying? I'm saying to you that sin opened the door for the demon, but condemnation kept it open. That's why he alerted this man. He said, your sins are forgiven you. Watch what I'm saying. You can get in sin. Anybody in here? You can, anybody in here? Okay, anybody in here can get over in sin. All right, that's why you gotta be careful. So he said this, or I'm telling, keep telling you that, man, all y'all got on brown shoes down this aisle. Man, look at all that. Yeah, the brown shoe brigade, brown, 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 brown. Is that the color of the week? You too? Okay. So sin, <laughs> I'm sorry. So sin opened the door for the demon, the spirit of infirmity, he's paralyzed. Just like that woman over in Luke, Luke 13, paralyzed. She couldn't raise herself up. So demon got in, demons got in there by his sin. The problem is when you get into sin, condemnation will, it becomes a disease of your spirit. Listen to me very carefully. And if you are in condemnation, condemnation keeps the door open for the enemy to keep working in your life. You and I know that if any one of us sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Brethren, I write to you, children, I write to you that you do not sin. But if you do sin, he says, if you confess your sins to him, Jesus, to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and, come on, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So you and I know that if we do get into sin, we can just get it right, right then. But what the enemy will do if you get into sin is make you wallow in that sin, get you in condemnation, and if he keeps you in condemnation, you can't receive anything from God. You can't get healed, you can't get delivered, you can't get a financial breakthrough, you can't get any peace, you can't make any traction with God, you can't do anything because the, the problem is not the sin, the problem now is the condemnation. As a matter of fact, listen to this very carefully. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Because you can even confess your sins to him and know he's faithful and, re and receive forgiveness. But sometimes the devil will try to still keep condemnation on you. And uh, ask me how I know. He'll keep you still trying to repent for things that you've already repented for and that God already forgot. It can be a year, five years, 20 years later. I know. trying to recall and repent for things that you did 20, 30 years ago and God is saying, what? What are you talking about? I clean forgot what you're talking Stop reminding me of that. So condemnation is a disease of the human spirit, so we got to deal with condemnation. So Jesus says, son, he's breaking the condemnation. Your sins are forgiven you. So the moment he says that, all of a sudden, oh, as far as Jesus is concerned, you are free. 
Now the people, of course, around get mad. Well, who does he think he is? He can forgive somebody's sins. So Jesus comes around down, uh, verse, um, uh, verse five, verse eight, rather. He says, but immediately, let me put it on the screen, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned, reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts, about what I said? Verse nine, watch this, watch this. Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Now, don't, don't be deep on me. Because some of y'all are going to get deep and give me all kind of theological analysis and your ecumenical, exegetical diatribe on what your analysis of the theological standpoint Jesus is making about all this kind of, I don't want to hear all that. He says, which is easier to say. Your sins are forgiven you, or arise, take up your bed, and walk. See, y'all deep. That's why y'all still looking. Y'all, no, he said it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. No, it ain't. Which is easier? He said, which is easier to say? Hey, you forgiven. Matter of fact, you read something from the letter to say you're forgiven. He said, he'll say, well, it's easier to say you're forgiven or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. He said, look, this is quick. I'm just making a quick work. Remember, he wasn't there to deal with the man. He's preaching. Jesus, he in the middle of preaching. He's in the middle of preaching. They interrupt his message. Bust the roof open. Drop the man down in front of him. He like, okay, this is a distraction, but I'm going to deal with it. I'm, I love this brother, so I'm going to deal with it. Hey, you're forgiven. Right. Now he's going to go back to preaching. Right. Oh, Y'all missing it. See, you're missing it. You're missing it. Yes, sir. See, he dealt with the, with the root of the issue right there. He said, but then he goes, verse 10, verse 10, just so you know that I have, you know, power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, keep going, verse 11, verse 11, I say to you, arise, look how long, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. He said, y'all made me do all that. I'm dealing with this demon that got in through sin, but stayed in through condemnation. Did y'all just catch that? Glory to God. So we got to shut those doors. All right. Now, I want to show you a biblical principle. Can we look at Mark 3? I'm teaching this morning, but I believe this teaching is going to help us a whole lot. In Mark 3, I want to show you a biblical principle. Jesus, uh, verse 20, let's start there. It says, then the multitudes came, multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went to lay hold on, of him, his own people. That's like his family, his mother, brothers, and all them. They went to go get him. Hey, man, it, it brought a lost his mind. This is what they're talking about Jesus. He's out of his mind. Verse 22 and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub. Y'all remember I told you about Beelzebub a few weeks ago? He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. 
So they're saying he casts out demons by the power of demons. Now watch this biblical principle. Verse 23. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? You got it? So Satan will not work against himself. You need to write that down if you're taking notes. Satan will not work against himself. Then I'm going to push you a little further. I want you to get this first. Satan will not work against himself. You got it? In other words, there's no earthly solution to demonic problems. There are no earthly solutions to demonic problems. We're going we're to make sure our eyes open today. Satan would not work against himself. <clears throat> so there are no earthly solutions to demonic problems. So what happens is the enemy wants to keep, uh, keep us blind to the cause or the root, the root. behind the problem. So as long as we think the problem is natural, earthly, then we, we think earthly problems can fix it. Earthly solutions can fix it. But you can't incarcerate a devil. You can't rehabilitate a devil. You can't department of uh, correct a devil. That's what department of corrections. That's what it's department of corrections. You can't correct a devil. Come on now. The Bible, Jesus said in John 8, he's a murderer from the beginning. And he, then he went on to say he's a liar. He's the father of lies. Everything he speaks is a lie. You can't correct that. You have to cast it out. Oh, boy, we're going to hit on something. I got, I got prayer warriors. I got any prayer warriors. I got any security. I'm going to need both of them today. Praise them. I'm going to need both of them. Angels, thank you, Lord, for the angels that are guarding around me. Praise God. So Satan will not work against himself. Say it. Say Satan, Satan will, not will not work against himself. So if he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he's not going to help you undo what he's doing. That would be counterproductive. I, we, we watched a video. I think, I think, Pastor Kim, you posted it on our church group me. A video the other day about uh, this technology. Did y'all, I hope y'all watched it. About video, about cell phones and all those kind of things. How, how they are, they have people addicted. And I, I'm going to just confess. I'm like, I know that's right. Because here I am. I'll be driving and my cell phone sitting right there. I'll be driving every stoplight. I pick my cell phone up and I check it. Finally, I realized, what am I doing? I'm checking like something came, like. And I realized, I'm addicted. There was a game I had on, was, was that Woody? Woodsy? It's like a puzzle, wood puzzle game. And I, I was playing that game. I got it all into it, and I was, I was kicking butt. Everybody in the whole house was jealous of my score. I'm like, ah. 
especially my wife. I'm like, ah. And just, man, I'm kicking butt on it. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'll be, I'll have the phone down, and all this, every time I get a break, I pick the phone up. Playing the game. Then I, then I realize I could be, have the phone not near me, and I'm thinking about it. I'll be reading, and I'll be putting together, dropping pieces. So this was about two weeks ago, I said, delete. I got it off my phone. All right, uninstall. Okay, so let me, let me explain something to you, what I, what I was trying to get to. So in this video, there's a guy who talked about they came up with an app. Y'all know app, application? Which was designed to help people actually uh, kind of disconnect from their cell phones. Because they realize how damaging this is to us. Parents, I hope you hear me on this here. These cell phones are really, really damaging to all of us. Because we overuse them. We might all bring the flip phone back. Get you a razor. Be like Captain Kirk. <laughs> and, and so they created this app. And so they went to uh, one of the biggest, well, there's only two app companies, really. Uh, Apple is the name of the company. They went to them to ask them, uh, hey, we'd like to get this app, which is designed to keep people from using their cell phones so much. We want this to be in your app store so people can buy it or download it or whatever. I'm not sure if it's free or not. And Apple, their response was, no. We're not going to let things be sold on our, on our, in our store that will keep folk from using our phone. Now, I'm like, I, I understand. I agree with Apple on that. That's counterproductive to your business. You're in the business of having people use your phone. More and more and more. So we're not going to help you undo what we're doing. The devil's the same way. Apple might be the Antichrist, man. That might be the devil. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you have to take over your watch off and everything. Cell phone, watch, TV, everything, everything. Apple, Apple, Apple. So, so, Satan will not work against himself. Do you, do you see that? So the devil, I preached this a few years back, a message called One World, Two Kingdoms. And we have to find that. That's probably way back in the archives deep. But 2010, One World, Two Kingdoms. Because there's only two kingdoms in this world operating. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness. And so anything we hear or see or, or receive comes out of one of those two kingdoms. Okay? Thank you, Lord. That's why, that's why, I'll say this and take it however you want to take it. That's why, although we're not against doctors and medicine, medicine is coming out of that other kingdom. That's why when people take the medicine, it causes other issues. Because Satan will not work against himself. Okay? Now, again, I'm not beating people up for that. You got you to do whatever you have to do at your level of faith. Okay? So please don't anybody get condemned about that. Okay? Can I push you a little bit further on this? Go back to that scripture here. 
and Mark 3. Where it says Satan cannot, um, okay, how can Satan? All right, look at verse 23. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? Give me, somebody have the King James, they don't have to turn to it. King James, what does King James say? So he used the word can too. Now help me with the word can. Can is ability. Jesus just told us Satan doesn't even have the ability to cast himself out. So I'm pushing you to understand, not only uh, will he not, he can't. He don't even have power against his own stuff. Other words, other words um, he knows how to, how to do it, but he doesn't know how to undo it. Y'all missing it. You're missing it. He, he knows how to put it on you, but he don't even, he, he don't even have the power to get it off of you. He, so, so, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. So don't negotiate with his buster behind. Devil, you know, okay, I won't, I won't sing so much. I won't praise so much. I won't give so much if you just back off a little bit. He don't even know how to back off. He can't. He only knows how to put it on you. Jesus. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost, for saying that. John 10, 10. He only comes. It's the only thing he knows how to do. only thing he knows how to do is still kill and destroy. He don't know how to do anything other than still kill and destroy. He doesn't know how to do anything but destroy. He can't. And we'll try to get him to back off. He can't back off. All he knows is go, 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 go. Destroy, destroy. Steal, steal, steal. Kill, kill, kill. Murder, murder, murder. Lie, lie, lie. Jesus said when the devil speaks a lie in John 8, he speaks from his own resources. That's all he has. You don't go to, you don't go to a food bank to get blood, and you don't go to a blood bank to get food. They can only give you what is in their resources. So Satan, all he has is a lie. All he has is murder. All he has is defeat. All he has is lack. All he has is debt. All he has is brokenness. All he has is sorrow. All he has is grief and pain. That's all he has. So go back, go back to 323, Mark 323. Mark 323. So how can? Jesus said, how can he? I've been reading all these years, Kalita, like, how will he? And it's true that he won't. But Jesus said, how can he? He don't even have the ability to cast himself out. If he had, oh, man. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit. There's a story in Mark 5 of a man who was possessed with a legion of demons. Jesus shows up and commands the demons to come out. The Bible said they begged him to send them into the swine. If they could have gotten out on their own, they would have gotten out on their own, but they can't 
get themselves out. They had to ask him to put them in the swine. So how can Satan cast out Satan? So Satan is going to come up with all kind of ideas, earthly, sensual, and demonic wisdom to try to help you and me undo what he's done. You got it? He's going to give us an idea. But what he knows is his idea is a trick. That's Tricky D right there. Tell your neighbor, that's, that's trick, Tricky D right there. Tricky D. <laughs> Don't listen to that joke. He's a Tricky D right there, boy. You know what Jesus said? Everything he speaks is a lie. It's a trick. He's a trickster. So whatever wisdom he does give is actually a trick. It's going to actually get us further. All, all, oh, thank you, Lord. All he knows to do is to get people in. Remember the story Jesus told about? A, he, he said, he said uh, like, like a man who was, uh, had demons and the demon was cast out and the demons left and they went about wandering in an arid place and they came back and said and found the place where they had come out of empty and swept and all clean. And they said, hey, let's go back in there. And when we came back in there, he came back, he brings seven more, the Bible says, worse than himself. Anytime the devil gives you any wisdom, he's going to bring in seven more or more demons worse than what you already had. Hey, you're depressed. Let's give you this medicine for your depression. Now, we just want to let you know ahead of time, when you take this... This depression medicine, you may, uh, you may lose hearing in your right ear and sight in your left eye and your arm may go limp and you might have suicidal thoughts. Well, isn't that why I was taking this in the first place and I was trying to get rid of this? I'm trying to get rid of this, but you say it's going to help me think more about this? Yes, because he's a tricky D. Tell your but don't listen to Tricky D. Tricky D trying to trick you. He's trying to trick you. Glory to God. So the principle is that Satan will not work against himself. Verse 24, Mark 3 says, if, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. So he's not going to do that. Verse 27, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, not even a devil, unless he first binds the strong man. So when you're the head of your household, 
male or female, you're the strong man. In the church, I'm the strong man. In your company, you CEOs in here, you're the head, you're the strong man. In other words, the one who's at the top, the one who controls the house, is the strong man. So the devil goes after that strong man first. Because if I can get the strong man out of place, that's why, thank you, Holy Ghost, that's why, the, that's why the devil has worked so strategically and successfully to get men out of their households. He gets all of our men locked up, drugged up, messed up, dead, Or, or so spread around, they ain't committed to nobody. They, got, they have a brood everywhere, just everywhere. They ain't committed to nobody. Now, what the devil knows is that strong man is bound. Bound by drugs. Bound by prison. Bound by his own uh, fault of thinking. Bound by life. Bound by whatever. And so he's bound. And now all his goods are plundered in his household. So if, if he leaves single mothers there, so single mama, you got to become the strong man. If Buster gone and Buster sorry, forget about Buster Douglas. You go ahead and be the strong man in your house and handle your business. Tell your neighbor, handle your business. Oh, man. So did you understand what I said? There's no earthly solution to demonic problems. You got it? There's no earthly solution to demonic problems. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 tells us this. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against. Now, these are all demonic forces here. In fact, these, these are demonic ranks. Principalities. Principle is the chief. So Satan's kingdom, just like the military, Deacon Gershom, uh, has ranks. Everybody's not a general. Not everybody's a, a private or, or what, what were y'all called? Uh, on the Lance Corporal. That was the lowest people. Private. Oh, it's private in the Marines too? And the Army? What about the Navy and the Air Force? Airmen in the Air Force. Sailor. In, in, the, in the Navy. Okay, so whatever the lowest rank is, right, there are demons on that level. There are demons, there are Lance Corporal demons, there are Sergeant demons, there are, there are, are uh, um, Lieutenant Colonel de demons, there are, there are, are, are uh, you remember the, the Archangels, right? Michael, Archangel. Arch means he's a, he was a principality, or he is. He's principal over. He controls that whole, that whole uh, department. Gabriel is an archangel, messenger angel. He controls the whole department of messenger angels. Lucifer was an archangel. He controlled all the worship. So he learned from the best. So he established his kingdom. 
He's got principalities. He's got powers. He's got rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, in the atmosphere. So, because that's how it works, then we've got to see, I taught on uh, understanding spiritual realities a few weeks ago, that there are spiritual realities about how these demons are working. And everything we see that we want to write off at, with natural, and, and man is so quick to give things natural names. Oh, this is this, and this is, we got diagnosis, this is diagnosis that, this is diagnosis this and this and so forth. However, you and I have to be wiser than that. That we've got to begin to see the demon forces, whatever demon forces working behind what's causing that natural manifestation. Y'all got this here. Okay. I want to deal with this last section here. I'll pick the rest up on Wednesday night. Okay? Because it's going to take me a minute here. Mark 5. Mark 5. This is the story I alluded to here just a few moments ago. Let's see this. Y'all gonna come back Wednesday night? Yes. Verse 1. <clears throat> says, then they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. The Gadarenes. And when he, Jesus, had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with, there it is again, an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, that word, I think King James used the word tame, could bind or tame him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Okay. Now, so notice we, I want you to see something here. Remember what we read. Satan will not work against himself. Satan cannot cast out Satan. We also gave you this point that there is no earthly solution to a demonic problem. This is a demonic problem. So notice the first thing we read in verse 3 is that they're trying to bring earthly solutions to this problem. It says this man had his dwelling among the tombs and no one, King James, no man could bind him. Not even. Oh, my. Not even. In other words, they're, they're, they're going from one degree of, of, of um, correction, from one degree of, of, of um, uh, uh, what do we call this, uh, uh, re rehabilitation, restraint, to another. They couldn't bind him. They probably mean they probably tried ropes, leather straps. They're trying vine. They're, they're trying everything. They, they've gone all the way to the highest uh, chain is metal. And the chains 
That means, you, ladies, you, get, you got to catch this, ladies and gentlemen. The highest form of restraint could not contain this man. Now, I want you to see this. Y'all listening here. When you run track, you, you hit that, uh, you start on a straightaway, right? Make that first turn. And then, uh, huh? The bear, the bear come around when you about to, on that last straightaway in it. The last curve. The bear on y'all back right now, get him off you. All right? Let's finish this race. Don't, don't fade out on me now. I'm about to teach you something here. So he says he could not, they, they could not bind him, not even with chains. The highest form of restraint, the highest maximum security. We tried work release. We tried a halfway house. We tried minimum. We gave, we gave, him, a, we gave him 90 days. And then we gave him a year and a day. Then we sent him away for a stint. Then we put him in, and put him maximum, maximum security with the highest offenders. I'm just giving you illustrations of what we do. With our children, you know, we, 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 try, we, we try time out. Then, we, then we, we, we took away, you know, those uh, big kids, the cell phone. You know, then we take away the car. You, you can't, you, you ground it for two weeks. And we, you know, we do all this stuff. We go into the, we're trying to get the highest restraint. I'm going to take your bed out your room. You're going to sleep on the floor. Take, take, take your doors all right off the, right on here. My wife got some stories from her childhood. You must have been bad, girl. Um, whatever the highest restraint is, all you catch is not even with chains. I want you to see the, the degree of this man's possession. Because we're going to get some stories about, about some others. Some things we got to do here. Now watch. So he's, he's, he's there. they tried to bind him with chains. Verse 4, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. Shackles on his feet, his chains on his hands. You got it? And the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone, anyone, that means they brought in the specialists. We went to special counseling. We went to special therapy. We, we called in Iyanla Van Zant. We're going to let her tame my life, fix my life. It said no one. We tried to start with just a mentor. Can you talk? Can you just go have lunch with him? You know, you need a big brother. You need a big brother, big, big sister. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not picking on big brother and big, big sister because they're doing what all that they know how to do. I in fact, I don't pick on doctors. They're doing the best they can with what they have. I'm not picking on them. What I'm saying is, is that we got to see that there's a real devil. It said neither could anyone tame him. We call grandma. Grandma, come talk to him. Come talk to the boy. And she'd take him to go, go buy ice cream. 
Grandma, that didn't help. <laughs> you can get some sprinkles, boy. Grandma, forget it, Grandma. That's, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> you bought them out. You're not helping, Grandma. That's, that's all right. That's okay. That's okay. No one could tame him. So they tried counseling. I want you to see this. We're going to tame him with medication. Here's one. Baker Act. This is, this is our modern day taming. We're going to Baker Act you for three days. Because you're a danger to yourself or a danger to others. And uh, we're going to put you away and we're going to do all kind of stuff and whatever. And whoa, we're gonna, we're gonna, what we're going to do is just try to drug you up for three days. Let you sleep. I used to work, I used to work in a facility for, for uh, children who came in and they, they, they had gotten arrested for something, but they were high. And so we had to, we had to for three days, just telling you. I used to work in a place like that. You work there right now. Just trying to tell. I'm, I'm, I'm not just talking about kids because this was a man. Some of y'all might be your husband. Your husband. What time is it? Might be your wife. Your cousin. Skeeter. Everybody got a cousin that's named Skeeter. Now, I want you to see this here and maybe jot down some notes or take pictures, whatever you're going to do, or watch it at home and make sure you get it. Because I want to give you four indicators of demonic influence. I'm going to give you four indicators of demonic influence. The fourth one I give you is a definite. In other words, the person is doing this fourth one, it is definite they are under demonic influence, if not demon-possessed. The third one, if they're doing this third one, it is, it is likely they're under demonic influence. It's very likely, I should say. If they're doing the second one, it is likely that the enemy is working. He's at work. He's infiltrating. He's not told her to take it over, but he's infiltrating. I need you to hear me on this here. And this one, this first one, is he's right at the door. There's smoke. There's smoke. And my hope is, Brother Chris, is to get everybody to, to, to catch it at the smoke level before the whole house burns down. Okay? Now here they are. It says again, he had been bound with shackles and chains, chains pulled apart, shackles broken, neither could anyone tame him. Verse 5. Verse 5. And always night and day, here's four things we learn about him. 
He was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself. All right, now, first indicator, number one, I want you to be very aware of, especially parents, especially parents. Can I talk to the parents for a moment? Especially parents. Husbands and wives, you may need, may need to look out for this in your, in your spouse. You may need to look out for this for, among your brothers and sisters. I want you to be aware of this. One of the first indicators of demonic influence is isolation. Isolation. Because the Bible says he was in the mountains. The mountain is a place of isolation. It's to get you off to your off by yourself. Proverbs 18.1 says a man that isolates himself uh, seeks his own wisdom. He rages against all wise judgment. So, so the, the danger, the, the enemy tries to, what he tries to do is get people off of themselves. Watch this. Because in, in, in the story of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 4, it's when Satan had Jesus on the mountain that he made him an offer. The Bible says he took him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of this world and all, all the kingdoms and all their glory in a moment of time. And he said, hey, if you will bow down and worship me, all these things will be yours. So what the devil does is, in, when he first, what he does is first, first get people in isolation, which is he's going to get them in, in some kind of offense or some kind of rebellion or some kind of thought or they just get angry or they just, you know, just nobody likes you or whatever. That, that's just a trick to get you off by yourself. So when he gets them off by themselves, watch out when they go in their room. When they go, when they come home and they, the first thing they, hey, how you doing? And they go in their room and they close the door and you don't see them again until dinner time or until morning time, you better watch out. Or oh, that friend of yours, that brother, sister, and the Lord of yours that you know who all of a sudden now, now you call them, now you don't hear from them, you don't see them, they don't come to church, they don't come to meet, they don't come to anything, they're by themselves now and for whatever cause, whatever the reason is, whatever they going through a hard time, I understand we all go through hard times. But the, tr the, the thing is, when they get isolated, now the devil comes. Hey, I'm going to make you an offer. And what he offers is the world in exchange for their soul. That's what he offered Jesus. Hey, if you will bow down and worship me, I'll give you all this. He say, hey, I can make you rich. Hey, oh, you want sex? I can get you sex. Y'all didn't. Like that. I'm just telling how he talked to people. Oh, you want to be famous? I can make you famous. This is what he offers the people in the world who are doing all kind of music. These people, they were in church. They were praising God. They were in the choir. They were on the praise team. They were musicians in the church, in the body of Christ, and they got off to themselves. He let them, he, he made sure they got upset with the pastor because the pastor didn't, 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 didn't make sure they had a check. 
I still get a check. How come you don't get a check? You can come over. So he get them off to themselves. He starts saying, hey, look, I can, I can get you some checks. I can get you a gig in the nightclub. I can get you a gig at, at the jazz club. I can get you, get you a gig every weekend, man. You ain't got to worry about that. I can make sure you always pay. Somebody, you got talent. You got skill. Girl, I, it's a shame your daddy ain't paying you no attention. Your daddy, he don't love you. Your daddy, he don't even come, he don't come see you. Your daddy don't even call you. But, but you, look how, you pretty. Girl, you know how pretty you are. Look at you. Look, get in the mirror. Look at yourself, girl. You are fine. You Look in the mirror. It's some, it's some man that will love you. So you have a little 13, 12, 14-year-old girl who now finding a man 25 years old who will love her because the devil convinced her her dad. And maybe her dad don't love her, but hey, God will. But the devil will get you over here and tell you. Get our little boys off of themselves and say, oh, man, y'all broke. You ain't you tired of being broke? You ain't tired of being broke? Look at you. Don't, 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 don't you want them Rochets? Don't you want them Jays? Don't you want them? Don't you want them now? Wear all the new Adidas? Don't you want to wear all that? Hey, bro, look, man, you, you get over here. You know, you know them boys and boys you see around the corner. They can, they, can, they, can, they can hook you up, man. You can. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Whereas we used to sell nowlaters. Big blows and sticks and Chico sticks. Go buy candy bars and sell them at school. But no, 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 no. No. We, you can sell some pills, bro. You want to be fly, don't you, when the problem comes? Don't you want to be fly? Don't you want to be fly, dog? And he offers them the world in exchange for their souls. Bro, your wife, why she tripping like that? I'm going to mess with you, man. Why your wife? She don't even cook. She says she's going to cook all the time. Now she ain't cooking. What? And what? Wait a minute. Now, before we got married, before y'all got married, y'all couldn't keep your hands off each other. We weren't supposed to be doing it, but you couldn't keep your hands off each other before you got married. Before you got married, you was acting like you was married, but now you're married. She ain't paying you no mind, bro. What's, what's up with that? Bro, I can get you all you want. Ain't nobody got to know about it. Man, may this go viral. May this message go viral. At this point, the demons haven't taken over. They're just entertaining. Hey, what's up? What's up? Everybody say number two. What was number one? Isolation. Number two, here's another indicator of demonic influence. It's called desolation. It says, always night and day, he was in, in the mountains, number two, and in the tombs. The tombs is an area, a place of desolation. It is, it's the place of the dead. 
And what the enemy does in people's lives, especially our young people today, is he tries to get them where they now are comfortable around death or about death, where death doesn't move them. So he loads video games up with it. He loads movies up with it. He loads music up with it. He loads their news feed up with it. So we got to hear about all the millions of ways people are dying today. <coughs> Make sure they know about it. So what happens is eventually they become emotionless. To the point of insensitivity. When you begin to notice someone becoming emotionless and insensitive, the devil's not just at the door. Oh, he's, he's, he's starting to work. He's, 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 he's got his foot in the door where they can't close it now. He knocked at the first one. But when they open it now, on the second one, he's got his foot in the door. You can't close that door anymore. Come on now. You, now, now. Now you can watch a movie with all kind of bloodshed, all kind of stuff going on, and it don't even move you. The Bible calls this without natural affection. To the point now where mothers can abandon and even kill their small children and not moved by it, just emotionless. Act like it didn't, act like... And, and, and pretend like, like they didn't do it. Like they weren't at fault. Boys, our boys growing up to be young, young, uh, they, bigger boys. They're going to be bigger boys who they've had a baby by somebody and the, the, the girl makes the damnable uh, mistake of allowing that fool to keep their baby. And he didn't want to play video games all day. Video game, video game, video game. And the child is crying. And he gets mad and takes that child and destroys the child. That's because he is filled with demons. Emotionless. Insensitive. And some of y'all look at me like you don't want to hear this, but you need to know the truth. This is what's going on in our nation, what's going on in our community, what's going on in our own families. Now watch Because he's not done He just makes them insensitive And them uncomfortable Because he's trying to get to something else So death Desolation. Even being around poverty doesn't even move them. They can, they can look and see a, see a person. We, we, had, we had some, some teenage boys here uh, last couple years, whatever it was, who there was a guy who was out, out in the water drowning, and they're laughing and videotaping him. What happened? How do we get there where we become so emotionless and insensitive? 
Where, where we see somebody struggling, where, where we see somebody who they're, they're, they're legitimately hungry and we won't feed them. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Legitimately in need and we won't extend our hand. That's, it's the same thing. It's without natural affection. Our hearts are supposed to be so tender that if we see anyone going through any misery, through any pain, through any sorrow, through any trouble, that we're first to, hey, hey, what can I do to help you? But now all of a sudden people, I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. About nothing? I don't care about school. Emotional is insensitive. That you're okay with desolation. Okay with failure. I told you, if they're at this number two stage, I'm going to jump ahead of me. I'm going to jump. I'm going to pull something from Wednesday back into today. One of the things we got to make sure never happens, especially as parents, is that we don't let pride keep us from admitting, oh, there's a devil. Because sometimes we don't, I, no, I, I'm not going to say that by my child, not, no, no, by, by my child. But I'm going to show you some stories where somebody said, hey, my child, my daughter, my son got a devil. Because you can't be so proud that you don't get, that you don't get help. Too proud to call the fire department? House burning down, but I ain't gonna call a fire department because the house nasty. I want nobody to walk in in the house. I ain't, I've got to wash dishes today. I don't want nobody to walk in. And y'all remember you growing up, and your mom used to always say, "Make sure you put on clean underwear." Why? 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 Why should you tell you that? Because you wanted to clean underwear? No, because if you ever get in a car accident, you ever get in an accident, and they got to they got to see your underwear. I don't want them to say nothing bad about me. I want you to have good underwear. Could you imagine what you look like? You in a car accident or something happened to you and you forgot, oh no, don't, don't call don't call him because I ain't put on clean underwear today. Stupid, you're gonna die. Let me change my underwear first. <laughs> no. Number one. In the mountains. Number two. In the tombs. Number three, desperation. It says, crying out. Crying out. You could think of that crying out simply as, oh, he's crying out, you know, because he's just making noise. No, he's not just making noise. He's crying out because what's happening? There is a conflict in his soul. I don't, I don't want to be like this. Y'all got to hear me. I don't really want to be like this. So, the, so it says, this battle raising soul, the individual is hurting but feels helpless. You remember Paul said in Romans 7, he said, I find within myself, he said, I find a war within my members. He said, I want to do good and evil is always present. 
He said, so the good I want to do, I end up doing the evil, and the evil I don't want to do, I somehow end up doing it. He said, oh, this is, he said who's going who to deliver me from this body? And the Bible says, I thank my Lord to Jesus Christ that he will deliver me. So then he has to go into Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. In other words, he says, I get delivered through Jesus Christ. But if a person doesn't know that, they don't have that. They're trapped in their own body. They're trapped in their own situation. They're trapped in their mess. <sighs> He's crying out. And many times, if, if, we're, not, if we're not really listening, we're, there's a cry out and we're not aware of the, of the outcry. When they say, I don't want to go over there no more. That's a crowd. Sometimes when they're crying, sometimes when they're crying about school, this ain't just I don't want to go to school. I'm tired of going to school. There's no. I don't want. I don't. I can't go to school. There's something happening. There's something going on on that bus. On that campus, at the bus stop, after school, in the gym, in the locker room, somewhere something's going on in the hallway. Something's going on. And if you keep acting like, just go to school, child. Shut up, all that mess. They're crying out for you. Help me, I'm stuck. And most times, they themselves have gotten involved in something. They, they don't even want to be involved in it. I don't know how to get it. I don't know how to stop. I want to stop. I don't know how to stop. I don't want to stop. I don't know how to stop. This man is crying out. He don't want to be in the mountain. He don't want to be in the tombs because, because his, 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 his soul knows right well that he's fearfully and wonderfully made. He wasn't designed to live like this. He wasn't designed for the mountain. He wasn't designed for the tomb. His soul is still aware of that. So he said, I need some help. Help me. And they're chaining him. But that's not helping. Somebody get this mess out of me. They're chaining him. Because there's an internal conflict. I guarantee you, if you'll be honest and truthful with me today, you have gone through this phase right here at some point in your life where there's been this internal conflict. I'm in some stuff. I don't want to be in this stuff. Oh, y'all ain't sending me. There's some stuff I've been in. I didn't want to be in that stuff. I'm trying to present this one way, but on the inside, I got all this stuff. I'm desperate. I'm desperate. Desperate. The word desperate comes from the word despair. Despair literally means to lose hope. Are you with me? What was number one? What was number two? Now, desolation gets you off into this desperation place because now something is, there's demons working. They're in there, they're working. Parents, they're working. Brothers, sisters, friends, Husbands, wives, those demons are working. Sometimes you may not even realize your spouse is crying out. 
Stop fussing. Then not fuss it. It's not, it's not that they're always fussing. Brother, maybe she's crying out. Maybe she's, she's battling some stuff. There's some stuff that's come up in her soul that, that might have got stirred up by bad memories. You don't, sometimes you don't know what she's been through. Or sometimes, girls, you don't know what he's been through that he never told you or she never told you. And something triggered that. that those demons are trying to get in there and work and it's, they're crying out, oh my God. Real fears, real feelings, real emotions, a real conflict, a real battle. And you snapping. Matter of fact, I'm about to snap. I'm about to lose my mind. Because what the devil's aiming for is number four. Number four, self-destruction. It's self-destruction. Because when a person has gotten isolated, now they're comfortable and insensitive and amenable to death. They're now in this desperate crying out place where they feel hopeless. The devil will tell them the only way of escape is suicide. Y'all better hear me. Y'all listen to what I'm saying to you. And sometimes we like to act like it's not a reality. You know, I, I used to think, man, that don't happen among black folk, for sure. That's how I used to say, that don't definitely don't black folk even talking about that. But, yeah. Big time. Big time. In fact, I read a stat to y'all last week, last year, about the highest group that's of, of, among teenage suicide are black teens. Any black people in here? Yes. You better listen to what I'm telling you because we better keep our eyes open for our teenagers, our youth. They need us to watch and listen and pray and seek God's face and reach out to them and grab a hold and we need each other because there are people who will sit right among us as grown folk and the devil's telling them you know if you really want to get out of this that's why he worked at he, that's why he worked on number two to get people comfortable with death Remember I told y'all that earlier. Number two was to get them comfortable with death. Hang out among the tombs. Hang out among death. Hang out among desolation. Because he's trying to give them a vision. He's giving them a vision of their expected end. So when I become comfortable with that, well, what the heck? Nothing to this. I'm telling you how demons are working against people. So he'll tell them the way out is a, a, 
way of escape is by suicide. That's why the Bible says this man was cutting himself. He's cutting himself. He's cutting himself. He's trying to end it. But he can't because Satan cannot cast out Satan. So it's just eternal torment. Isn't it interesting that that's what the Bible says is going to happen in hell? Hell is eternal torment. It's, the torment never ends. It's, it's forever. The Bible calls it a bottomless pit. The lake of fire is a bottomless pit. There's, it's dark. Just descending forever with no bottom. You know how we, like, we feel comfortable. Even when you get in a pool, you want to find a, the bottom. It's, there's no bottom to it. It's just eternal darkness and weeping, gnashing of teeth. It's just eternal torment. That's what the Bible says about hell, and you don't want to go to hell. But the devil has done a great job in today's society to make people think hell is going to be fun. There's going to be a party, Tupac and Biggie and James Brown. That's, that's, what, they, that's what they tell us. We're all going to be there, and we're just going to have a one big party forever. Uh, no. You, you won't even be able to see each other. What are we talking about? So when the devil gets into people, he makes them feel that same Torment. Darkness. So he's cutting himself. Get this out of me. Get this out of me. I'm trying, he's trying to escape these demons. He's trying to escape this healing. And the devil wants him to keep cutting himself until he finally destroys himself and he's done. Thank you, Lord. I'll save that for Wednesday. All right. Go back to Mark 5. Let's finish right here. Verse 6. When he saw Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my God. We don't know how long this man has been like this. Mountains, tombs, crying out, cutting himself, but the thief comes that's still going to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran. And worshiped. He saw the light of his presence. This man who was hopeless Desperate, suicidal. But he saw Jesus. I'm praying that somebody in here today, you see Jesus. You see Jesus. I want, want to be near. He saw him afar. He, saw, he just, he could just, oh, he's coming. He's coming my way. He's in, he's in the area. He's in the vicinity. And it says, and he he ran and he worshiped him. 
Well, is this a demon worshiping him or is this a man worshiping him? Is this a demon? Is this a man? Is this a demon? Is this a man? Well, first of all, demons are in the command to worship him. But even if it's just a man, his soul falls down and worship. Hey, I want to be out of here. He's, Jesus walks in with a glorious hope. <laughs> oh, God. Now watch verse 7. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, now this is, this is the demon crying out. What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you, you by God, that you do not torment me. The demon recognizes Jesus Christ's ability to undo, to dissolve, and to destroy. He said, please don't torment. This is a demon crying out. Now the man wants help. The demon's saying, don't torment me. So demons don't like to be in the presence of the Lord. Listen to me. When people start getting ticked off, when by you, you having God's presence... When they get irritated, they can't stand you bringing God's presence into your house, into your car, into your room, into your business. And when they can't stand it because there's a demon tormenting them. But I have good news for you today. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He will cast the devils out. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. How I know. For he said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Everybody lift your hands in this room right now. Some of you may be right now thinking about somebody in your family, your son, your daughter, your brother, your cousin, your nephew, your niece, your mom, your dad, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your friend, your loved one, your husband, your wife, and you recognize some of these symptoms, some of these indicators, some of these things that are looking like the devil. I don't know, I ain't saying they didn't possess, but it looked like he's working, and I don't like what I see. I want you to understand right now, Jesus Christ is here to deliver them, and we are in his presence, and no devil in hell can stand up to the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I want you to declare right now out of your mouth, devil! Come out! Now! I'm serving you an eviction notice today out of my house, out of my life, out of my children, out of my marriage, out of my family, out of my body, out of my money, out of my community. Devil! Come out! Oh, Baba Baki Shatara about Sunday. Shitara Mondo Shetara Bad Nodarabaka Sata. Shenara Mandoro Koshitara Masata. Hara Bandoro Rokoshete. Somebody you might even be here and say, hey, that 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 sound like me. That sound like me. I'm 
I feel like I've been tormented. I feel like I've been struggling. No, devil, come out! You can't stay in my life. You can't keep racking my mind. You can't keep having my sleep. You can't keep having my peace. You can't have my joy, devil! Keep those hands raised. Worship. Worship. I want everybody to worship. Everybody begin to worship. Let's begin to worship. Let's begin to worship. Because no demon can stand the presence of the Lord. Oh God. I want your presence in my life so strong that wherever I go, when I go back home today, your presence fills my car on the way home. Your presence fills my house when I get there. Your presence fills my job when I get there tomorrow. Your presence fills my life everywhere I go. And every demon that's been messing up folks' lives, every demon that's been trying to disturb my peace has to get out of my house and out of my family and out of my life. Today, today is my day of deliverance. Today is my day of freedom. Today is my day of victory. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We invite your presence. We invite your presence. Oh, God. No more. No more. No more demonic infiltration. No more demonic infestation in our homes. In the name of Jesus, I command every demon in this room to get out now. In the name of Jesus, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to go now from every child from every teenager from every adult every situation I command you demons go now you death spirit you suicidal spirit I command you go now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus you spirit of depression you spirit of heaviness I command you to go now you spirit of heaviness get off God's people now get off our seed get off our children you spirit go now You foul, unclean spirit, 
you foul, unclean demon. You foul, unclean devil. I command you, get out of our children. Get out of our marriages. Get out of our lives now. care where your children are right now. I don't care where that loved one is right now. I'm going to show you Wednesday night. I might as well talk about it now. There was a lady who came to Jesus Christ and her daughter was a runaway. Her daughter was gone. And the Bible says when Jesus Christ dealt with that devil, she got back home and found that child lying in the bed with no demon in him. That child doesn't need to be with you right now. I don't care where they are. I don't care where he is. I don't care where she is. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, demon, I command you, go now. of Jesus in the name of Jesus be loosed be free in the name of Jesus I'm not having it every parent right now if you got a child who's going off, a child done something, put them on your mind right now. I don't care if your children are adult children. They're still your children. If you recognize what the devil been working in their lives, put them on your mind right now. You got them on your mind? Say this, say, in the name of Jesus, I have authority in the spirit realm and I use my authority for my children and I command every demon that's been working against them that's been wrecking their lives that's been tricking them and deceiving them I command them to go now in the name of Jesus my son. You can't have my daughter. You can't have my grandchildren. You can't have my great-grandchildren. You can't have them. I call them back out of darkness into God's marvelous light. I call them back out of darkness into God's marvelous light. I command their eyes to be open. I command every prodigal son and every prodigal daughter for them to come to themselves today. The Bible said in Luke 15, that prodigal son, when he came to himself, that meant when he was out there, he wasn't himself. He was out of his mind. Something had gotten in, tricked him, pulled him out. Mama, daddy, it ain't you. 
checked them. That, listen, listen. That prodigal son saw his father's prosperity and it didn't move him. Something got in his mind. I can go out here and do better on my own. I'm moving out. I'm taking my money and going with me and going out moment. He got tricked out. But he got tenderized. He got tenderized. Found himself in a pit. And when he came to himself, he said, whoa, wait, whoa. Wait a minute. What am I doing out here? May your children today come to themselves and say, what am I doing here? I know better than this. I've been taught better than this. I've seen better than this. I'm going to rise and go back to my father's house. I'm going to rise and go back to my mother's house. I'm going to rise and go back to what I heard. In Mark 5, 8, Jesus said, come out of the man, your unclean spirit. Verse 12, the demons begged him, hey, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once he gave them permission. The unclean spirits went out. Out of that man. Verse 15. Verse 15, this is what I want you to expect to see. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting. They weren't used to him sitting. And clothed. They weren't used to him being clothed. And in his right mind. He wasn't in his right mind. But when Jesus showed up, ended up in his right mind. A few weeks ago, we gave out some anointing oil. I trust you've used it. If you didn't get one of those, I think we have some more. We should have some more back in the back somewhere. We'll give you some of that oil. And anoint your families, anoint your houses. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The devil's trying to get at you. You understand what I mean when I say that? All the stuff he's doing out there, whether it's to your kids or to your whatever, 
Even if, even if it's against your, you know, you feel like something's coming through your spouse or your spouse acting up. He's trying to get at you. He's trying to shut up your praise, your testimony, your prayer, your word. He's trying to get at you. He is. Not they are. He is. The devil's the one behind it. What you got to do. I can't, I can't make this any more clear is you have to make it a priority to maintain the presence of the Lord in your home in your environment keep it filled with the presence of the Lord because he can't stand it he can't stand it Father in the name of Jesus Thank you for sending Jesus Christ for the purpose of destroying the works of the devil. Thank you for giving him and through him giving us victory through Calvary's cross. Jesus triumphed over the devil. He, the Bible says, Lord, that he disarmed principalities. Satan has no more weapons that can even prosper against us. Thank you, Father, that he's a defeated foe and we are victorious people. And I pray for everyone the sound of my voice here in this building and those who are watching and listening that God, we would all be uh, more discerning and aware of what's going on around us. And loved ones who we see hurting or drifting or crying out or isolated or whatever the situation they're in that will not just brush it off but realize something's happening. Because there's a real devil loose. But thank you that Father that we have a real Savior in Jesus Christ. And that Jesus Christ, your word says, has all power. Which means the devil has none. So thank you, Lord, that we'll see that power manifested in our lives and the lives of those we love and pray for each and every day. We call our sons and our daughters back home. We call our loved ones back home. We call those who have drifted into the house of God. We call those, Father, who are struggling and crying out, Lord, and going through all kinds of hardship and pains, who may be depressed or suicidal right now, that, Lord, that they would know that for the Spirit of heaviness, you've given us the garment of praise. That for morning, you've given us the oil of joy. I pray, Father, that we'd walk in that victory and know that every devil that comes against us is already defeated. And we're already victorious. Thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord, that we see and will hear about manifestations in every household. Hallelujah. Thank you for 13 days of rebellion against the devil. 13 days of rebellion against that kingdom. 13 days of supernatural resistance against what the devil's been doing. We'll come out of these 90 days knowing we are totally victorious. 
We give you praise and glory and honor for all these things. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give Father God one big hand of praise today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ain't nobody mad but the devil. Hallelujah. He's mad. He's upset. Because we, we, we talked about him. We